I have I have an obsession aside from cannibalism, Mark. Okay. Good. Um, I mean, because if cannibalism was your only obsession, that would be fucking, that'd be fucked in itself, wouldn't it? It's not going to get better. That's <laughs> <laughs> not going to lie to you. Okay. This is not a better obsession, mm. but it is one that I've had for a minute. My face is contorted in anticipation and dread. I don't know what the fuck you're yep. about to lay on me. Uh, Mark. Yeah. Are you familiar with the 17th century bestiality panic in colonial America? I'm not, right? I'm not. But there were certain words in that sentence. <laughs> and I think you could probably guess which ones. That, <laughs> uh, that give me a, a, an inkling that this is going to be a spicy topic. Yeah, it's going to get weird. Mm. I'm just going to say that straight out the gate. This is going to be a 17th century. 17th century. So, the 1600s, so we're talking yes. 1600s. In fact, our, our story begins on mm. February 14th, 1642 in the New Haven colony, which is what is currently uh, Connecticut, okay. which is just northeast of me here or just south of me when I was growing up in Massachusetts. Would they have had Valentine's Day then? Was that a thing or not? You know, I don't know. My friend Kristen, mm. our friend Kristen, would absolutely know because she has an obsession. <laughs> Klat, she has an obsession with the true story of Valentine's Day. Okay. Um, or of Saint Valentine specifically, but I personally do not know this, and it dawned on me like ten minutes ago that I should have thought about that, mm. but I didn't. Okay. So we're just gonna call it regular old fourteenth of February, in the year of our Lord sixteen forty-two, New Haven Colony. A planter by the name of John Wakeman alerted the local magistrates that his sow had given birth to what he called a prodigious monster. Listen to this description, okay? It's great. It had no hair on the whole body. It's dead, by the way. Stillborn pig. Yeah. It had no hair on the whole body. The skin was very tender and of a reddish-white color like a child's. The head was most strange. It had but one eye in the middle of the face, and that large and open, like some blemished eye of a man. Over the eye, in the bottom of the forehead, which was like a child's, a thing of flesh grew forth and hung down. It was hollow, and like... <coughs> Sorry, this description gets me every time. I can tell that you love it. I can tell you're into this. <laughs> it was hollow and like a man's instrument of generation. Like a, like a, a dick. nose, mouth, there's a, there's and a chin dick coming out of his piglet. on his face. <laughs> a nose, mouth, and chin deformed, but not much unlike a child's. The neck and ears had also such a resemblance. So this dead pig has got weird eyes, a penis-looking thing growing from its forehead, yep. uh, and also looks a bit too much like a human child, right? Okay. So as it happened, uh, this sow had been sold to Wakeman by a local guy by the name of George Spencer, who, wouldn't you know it, was missing one eye and had a deformed eye on the other side. Oh, so, I see exactly where this is headed. Right. Everyone in town is like, hey, this guy and this pig with the penis face look alike, right? Uh, quote, his deformed eye being beheld and compared together with the eye of the monster seemed to be as like as the eye in the glass to the eye in the face. Oh, so basically George. like looking in a mirror. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so naturally, he must have had sex with a pig and this is their unholy offspring. Mm -hmm. Obviously, um, uh, you know. Obviously, this is the only yeah. reasonable explanation of what has happened <laughs> here. As opposed to there's an ugly pig and an ugly man who happened to inhabit the same colony 
so Spencer's like, uh, no, that's not what happened. Um, <laughs> I and, no pig. <laughs> and the magistrate uh, is like, listen, we know you fucked this pig. That's how uh, he's, that's <laughs> how, I didn't fuck no pig. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thou hast fucked this pig. <laughs> um, and we're going to hang you for it. BT dubs. Um, and, uh, oh, and these are the words of record, by the way. Uh, yeah. He did say, though, that he that confesseth and forsaketh his sins shall find mercy, uh, which is from the Bible. Naturally. Talk about a rock and a hard place. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Exactly. Right. So uh, George Spencer is like, ah, OK, I guess Shakes. I'm going to I'm going to confess uh, uh. to having sex with this pig. Uh, in order to Ugh. save my life, right? God. Which, George. I mean, you gotta, are you gonna George die over this? George has had a tough fucking break anyway with his one eye. Right, like, exactly. This guy already, you know, <sighs> was the pick of no one's litter, and here's what we get happening, right? <laughs> You made a PowerPoint on this. <laughs> I did make a PowerPoint on this. Good. Yeah, I'll, I'll show it to you later. Please, yeah. Um, uh, but so, okay. So he's like, obviously, I don't want to get hanged. Um, and so he confesses to having sex with this pig. He's like, mm. I totally banged it. You caught me. Oh, well. Right. Well, it turns out only God forgives. <laughs> and really what the magistrate was saying is like, if you want to get right with God, yeah, yeah, you got to yeah. confess to this whole thing. <laughs> so he was off the hook with God, but he was very much still on the hook. With the good uh, people with of the Connecticut. Of the New Haven colony. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so he, it looked though, as if he was going to get off on a technicality, right? You had to have, you had to have at least two witnesses in okay. a capital offense in okay. the court at that time. So you couldn't hang someone if you didn't have at least two people who looked on, because obviously, you know, people get mad at their neighbors. They yep, might sure, say some sure, shit, sure, sure. whatever. Uh, so to avoid that, you have to have two witnesses. There obviously weren't witnesses to what had supposedly happened, besides the fact that people looked at this pig and thought it looked like this guy. The act. Right. So, he was almost let off, but instead, they uh, brought in four witnesses to his confession. People uh, who had seen oh. when he had confessed this. They've stitched this fucking guy up, man. They've proper... Yeah. ...done a number on poor George. So yeah, his confession was four witnesses against himself. Uh, and thus, as per the book of Le Leviticus, yeah. both Spencer and the sow that were that birthed the ugly pig were put to death. <sighs> However, Mark, this is not the last time that this would happen in our New, Va New Haven colony. Uh, in 1645, another guy named Thomas... Hog. <laughs> Real name. Of course. Yep. <laughs> Two G's. Uh, he was tried for a similar crime. A couple of gross looking pigs were born uh, and people thought they looked like Hog and they arrested him for it. The description, um, which is like very, very old colonial English and difficult to read. So I apologize if I stumble over it. Mm. Um, Thomas Hogg, having been imprisoned upon suspicion of bestiality with a sow of his mistresses Ugh. for about two or three months ago, there was a discovery of that which is conceived, that which is conceived bestiality, a sow of Mrs. Lamberton's pigging two monsters. One of them had a fair and white skin and head as Thomas Hogg's is. Uh. 
It being considered of, of Mr. Pell was sent for, and afterward was found another with a head like a child's and one eye like his, the bigger on the right side, as if God would describe the party with the description of the instrument of bestiality. This examinant being sent for and examined about it. So, it was even said... <laughs> Oh, God, it's so bad. It was even said that when they brought Thomas Hogg near the sow, she was so overcome by lust, she, quote, powered seed before them. Oh, Christ. <laughs> yeah. In other words, the pig found Hogg so sexy, she came at the sight of him. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah uh, right. Uh, it, uh, so many questions. <laughs> so Such a lot going on. Yep. Wow. What a I'll, I'll continue if you want to think about it further. What a superpower to have. I can make pigs come at this fucking just at the mere sight of me, mate. Uh, we're good oh, in the X-Men, mate. We got no fucking openings right now. We'll keep Even you. We'll keep you. <laughs> we'll keep your CV on file just in case. So, uh, of course, uh, as with any moral panic, naturally, this wasn't like the... Like, it wasn't really about the bestiality. There mm. was larger social shittiness going mm. on here. Um, so Thomas, Thomas Hogg was kind of like the town weirdo, you know? He's kind of like the weird dude who just kind of, like, walks around talking to himself and, you know, yep. like, everyone tries to avoid him or whatever. Um, he really did have a bulgy right eye, uh, which it is positive may have been a result of what we now know as Graves' disease. So if you look up, like, Graves' disease on Google Images, you'll see it's, like, people have these kind of, like, buggy eyes okay um and so that you know looking back at what this might have been that's what they think it could have been but of course people at that point were pretty douchey about any form of like deformity or yep. disability or anything and honestly best case scenario was that they just like ostracized you for being ugly <laughs> but otherwise they're like you know you're a witch or a demon or a changeling oh, you, you know, fuck that pigs was... yeah <laughs> you fuck pigs um and so not only did Hogg have that eye thing, he also had what was called an inguinal hernia. Okay. Um, and he wore a steel truss to contain the hernia. Yeah. But uh, that truss kept splitting his pants, causing his scrotum to be constantly exposed to the townspeople oh, who were, Jesus. frankly, fed up with seeing <laughs> his ball sack. So they claimed that not only did the piglets bear resemblance to him based on the buggy eyes and the bald heads, but they also looked like his pale, wrinkly nutsack <laughs> that everyone was familiar with. Uh Luckily for him, perhaps having learned something from the case of George Spencer and other such community outliers who did not fare as well when accused of such things, uh, he didn't confess. No. So they could not hang him. Obviously, there were no witnesses, and he didn't incriminate himself. However, they did uh, whip him for general lewdness, because, you know, the balls. <laughs> yeah, the balls. Uh, <laughs> sincere thanks. Sincere thanks for that. Uh, I, 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 I don't fucking ask me why, but I've... I know somewhere on my Facebook I've got pictures of deformed piglets. Um, there was a story <laughs> some years back in the You're UK. Not even going to question it, honestly. Yeah, that makes was, perfect sense. Uh, as soon as you started describing George's, you know, offspring, uh, uh, my mind was taken aback to the story of of, of a, a kind of a two-headed piglet that was born in the UK some years back. 
Um, and I, I had a good old look into this, and you get you get one-eyed fucking cyclops pigs all the time with protrusions <laughs> on the top of their head. Um, mm, okay, so dickhead pigs is normal. That's a regular occurrence. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Um, Even before we started, like, weirdly factory farming and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just it, a thing that happens to pigs. Something that happens to pigs. You get pigs with one gigantic bulging eye and with, like, a fleshy protuberance on the top of their head. Uh, or they're all the lineage. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The guy. offspring. They're all George Spencer's offspring. Squinty pig fucking George Spencer. Hmm. Thanks. It's a weird version of holes. Um, I think that might be my horror fetish, in fact. My favorite genre of horror movie is Boats. Oh, I found a feather in my garden today. It must have been an angel. I almost punched a little kid at Kamikaze who was dressed as a zombie because it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> Sorry, movies are too goddamn long, right? One hour and 28 minutes is a perfect movie. This is, this is it. This is for me now. I'm like, so this is, I'm, I'm fucking in. Episode 22 of Jack of All Graves is upon nope. us. 21? <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, I'll start that later. <laughs> keeping it in. Ah, uh, please don't keep it in. Episode tw- <laughs> Fuck, she's going to keep it in. Episode 21 of Jack of All Graves is upon us, folks, and uh, wherever you are, we hope you're well, we hope you're staying sane, we hope you're keeping it together. I'm not sure. Yeah, neither of us are. That we are? <laughs> no. Uh, no, we are losing it. We're yeah, losing just our minds. Chatting before we hit record there, uh, the, the consensus seemed to be that Lockdown 3, the threequel, mm-hmm. uh, is, is hitting pretty hard. This time, um, a lot of people are saying the same thing. A lot of my friends are saying the same thing. Uh, so wherever you are, I can only hope that you're, you know, just finding fucking that one thing, finding that that's something that you can cling on or get good at or fucking obsess over something that makes the days pass mm-hmm. without incident and that you're not fucking, you know, committing an atrocity as we speak. Because the end is coming, <laughs> right? There'll be, there'll be... Wow. Yeah, well, look. <laughs> this was like very uplifting for like this one period of time. I was like, "Wow, Mark, yeah, preach." And then, uh, then it you hit your stride, and there it was. Well, then the Mark Park. We had we had snow today, right? It snowed it. like a motherfucker today here in Bister, yeah. and everything just took on these shining vibes. Everything just it just it, <laughs> fuck, <laughs> you know. Oh no. Okay. Well, uh, rest assured, people. I'll check in on Mark and his yeah. family. Or just 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 wait to see me on the news. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's supposed to snow this week uh, as well here, so I'm looking forward to that. I feel like it's less shiny and more of a it makes my days not the same. Okay. So that's always that's always kind of nice. I I feel like I rely on weather mm. as a way to like make time move. Uh, which is one of the things I didn't like about living in California because the weather was the same. All the same. All the time. All the time. Mm. Uh, so I'm looking forward to getting a little bit of snow. It makes makes me less likely to slaughter my family, uh, which is good <laughs> because just, uh, I'm often this close. Just well, do you know what? Close. I'll pretend that was intentional, but uh, today's what, what I'd love to discuss today, what I'd love to talk through today that there's a, there's a segue there and I will harken back to what we just opened with. Um, I, mean, I just, we on, haven't please. like introed or anything. That's all. No, uh, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> okay. Okay. You, you we can you, do that. You can <laughs> like, it is a good segue. I hate to, I hate to, no, we'll just know, put a pin in it. We'll just, we'll just park it. We'll, we'll, 
we'll park it. We'll come yeah. back to this just to, you know, say, hi, friends, we have a few things to talk about before we get into our main topic. Okay. Um, I'm at episode 21. I'm as good at this as I'm going to get. And I will continue to corral you okay. <laughs> every single time, every week as you start to go into the topic before we have properly said hello. I'm not going to get any better at this. And what's more, I'm, <laughs> I'm not even going to try. I'm not trying to get any better either. This is, eh, this is what you got. Well, we're 21 episodes into this thing. If people have a problem with how you're doing this, I think they have long since since fled. Yes. Yeah, um, good point, but good point. Before we get to that, that main topic, and, and we'll just awkwardly segue back mm. afterwards, um, just want to say, hey, uh, it's been a great first week on the Facebook. Yes, it has. Hasn't it? Mm. Yeah. We've really been enjoying watching everyone um, start to talk and get to know each other and create a little community. In fact, um, Jerry Oki started a, a poll to uh, find a name for listeners of Joag, which was very cute. Um, amongst those, he, he put out Joffins. Uh, and uh, we had, um, what was what was that, that Ryan came up with? Joagulates. Uh, Joagulates. Yeah. Um, which I believe you responded with Joagolites. Yeah. Um, we had, I don't know, we've had people talking about it and, oh, uh someone said that's very close to being joe agoffs um <laughs> I'd, if, if, if we have to have one i'd prefer that um, <clears throat> that might it be it there were a couple good plays on words and plays on murder and death and whatnot in the facebook group as i think as i said to you at the it. time i'm i'm so uncomfortable with the idea of us having fans a fucking it makes, <laughs> it makes me it makes me feel sick it makes me feel yeah. as though i want to be sick um <laughs> The, the... That doesn't mean he doesn't like you, dear listener. No, it doesn't. It really Just doesn't. It really the doesn't. idea of a fan, uh, uh, which is why it's 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 listeners, Mark. It's that, listeners, that, not fans. That I'm way more comfortable with. I mean, you know, I mean, for at least the first six weeks of this podcast, I was absolutely riddled with anxiety over the whole thing. That's why to this yeah. day, I would rather fucking eat my own eyes than listen to an episode because <laughs> it just makes me implode um, yeah. with, with Mark angst. Mark still occasionally texts me, uh, in surprise at people using his name. Strange. Uh, but yes, but call no, yourself what you want. The Facebook, <clears throat> the Facebook group is so fun, though, because then mm. it's like less of a distance and it's more like here's a bunch of people we hang out with. Yes. And therefore, it makes sense mm. when it's like, oh, Mark said this, Mark said that, because we all know each other now. Yeah. Which I. I will get, I will enjoy. get, I will, I will get my head around it. I will come to terms with it at some point. Yeah. But the, all that to say, you know, call yourselves whatever you want. Um, but we're glad you're here. Uh, and uh, That if you much I agree on, yes. Yes. And if you haven't joined the Facebook group, um, it, just search Jack of All Graves, I think, on Facebook. and it's, We're the only ones. We're the only ones, uh, unlike on Instagram. So. Son of a bitch, that guy. I know. He's still out there yeah. just dropping his occasional fucking deviant, pervy fucking oh, low-rent BDSM fucking Instagram pics. <laughs> Yeah, there's oh boy, I'm not over that condom one from a week or two ago. Yeah, who? That was a lot. Who sees that and goes, "Yes." Yeah, that's sexy. That is my <laughs> That's my fucking brand right there. A used oh, dauber on a table. Dauber? Dauber, yeah. <laughs> I 
like that. Um, but yes, find us on Facebook. We're having a great time over there. It's a delightful place to hang out and make new friends. So um, please do that. Um, there was one more thing, I think, that I wanted to bring up. 6th of goddamn February. Yes. That's uh, the one. Yeah. 6th of February. The people have spoken, and by and large, you've made the fantastic choice that on the 6th of February, uh, uh, we're going to watch Evil Dead 2 together on Discord. It is, as you've no doubt heard me fucking bang on about, it's just the tightest 90 minutes of film you will ever see. Not a single frame is wasted. Not a single line of dialogue is superfluous. Everything is kinetic and and, and fucking driving towards an end. Uh, and if you would like to join us to watch that uh, on the evening of the 6th of February, we would absolutely love, love to share uh, uh, an hour or so of your time in awe of an absolute flawless masterpiece. And if you want to hear him rave more mm. about this in preparation for this, if you're like, why should I watch this? Go to our uh, website, jackofallgraves.com, click on blog, and you can watch Mark unbox some artifacts from uh, the, from the set, original the set, set mm. of Evil Dead 2. Uh, it's a delight. It's fun to watch. Um, and it should get you just as excited about watching this film with us. Would it shock are. you to learn? Would it shock you to learn that ever since I got that little jar of, of bits, whenever I watch Evil Dead 2, which I've done a few times since, I have the little jar next to me when I watch it. <laughs> That's really cute. I do. I do. I do. Particularly the piece of coal from the gravesite. I, I mm. un unscrew the jar and hold it and hold it up to the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have thought that I do wonder what you've done with it since then. So I'm glad right to there. hear that that's... Mm -hmm. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> so it's, I don't buy stuff like that because I'm like, I don't know what I would do with it. it oh, would, it's, it's an active know, use. It's a box. part of my viewing ritual now. It's a part of my... It's beautiful. Yeah. I love everything yeah. about that. So, Good. hey, you'll be watching it with us and a little bit of uh, The Cabin from Evil Dead 2. Oh, what could be cooler than that? What could we call him that? Nothing. That? Nothing. I can think Fuck of absolutely all. zero things cooler than that. And I can think of absolutely zero things that anybody else has to do on that Friday, on that Saturday evening. So Exactly. You know. It's a, you know, this is the one highlight of this whole thing is at least we are all free mm. to hang out together That's from true. all over the world. That's true. So, yeah. All right, Mark. Now... We can make an so, awkward transition. Hey, earlier on you were talking about uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, weird thoughts about murdering my family, right? Um, <laughs> and while it hasn't quite got that far, I mean, you know by now, and our long-term listeners will know by now, I, I am deeply, intensely interested in the concept of, of uh, delusional disorders, yes? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um Delusional disorders of the brain and of the mind and whether they arise from, you know, trauma, cranial trauma, another big, big, big favorite of mine, or whether <laughs> they arise from from mental illness or, 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 you know, traumatic stress or whatever. This concept, this idea that your brain can fucking f misfire in a way that causes you to question the evidence of your own eyes and ears. That fascinates me. Right. But it also occurs to me that there's an entirely, almost the mirror opposite of that, hmm. are kind of compulsions, compulsive disorders, and intrusive thoughts that can, rather than cause you to mistrust the input that you're getting from the world around you, that can force you instead to act in 
kind of problematic, atypical, often quite damaging and harmful ways. Um, I mean, look. Do you have any like weird? I mean, obviously not like. I mean, unless you, I somehow don't know you have them. Not, not necessarily like huge life altering ones, but do you have certain like okay. compulsions you can identify about yourself that are like, you're like, I know I, there's no reason for me to do this. If I were to, if I were to use the, the term intrusive thoughts, does that, mm-hmm. do you know what I'm talking about? Does that ring a bell? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Intrusive thoughts by which, by which we're talking about during your day to day life in, in perfectly normal everyday situations inexplicable unbidden and unwelcome horrific thoughts pop into your mind about kind of oh what if i were to do this fucking hell and the 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 most benign way i can describe this is and i'm sure other people have had the same thing is if i if i would ever find myself walking along a hillside or on a cliff edge or on a mountain top i would think to myself fucking you gotta jump off there man you gotta do it right yeah and obviously i'm not gonna do it because that'd be fucking ridiculous because there are other walls up that are stopping you from yes. actually yes. doing that. Your brain yes. has enough stops in it to say, mm-hmm. but that would be a bad idea. Yes. But the thought rises unbidden nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Another one of mine is the uh, whenever I'm whenever I'm driving a manual transmission car and I'm on a motorway, I, and this will happen inevitably in every long journey, I'll be doing maybe 80, 90 down a motorway. And I think, ah, oh, you've got to pull up the handbrake, man. You've got to do it. Yeah. Go on, fucking. We talked about that with Leanne, if you recall, too, of like all of us had some sort of weird thought yes. like that. Yes. That would come into our mind, driving related specifically. Something about that seems to like really bring those mm. intrusive thoughts. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe that's a control thing. I'm not sure. But, but it, it was actually really refreshing and quite liberating to read about these intrusive thoughts and to, <clears throat> and to, to, to kind of realize how many millions of people they affect. There's also the huge possibility, and in a lot of people, these intrusive thoughts lead on to worse things. They become the kind of the, the seed of a, of a broader disorder. People kind of can fixate on the fact that, and look, for every every intrusive thought that I've just told you about, I have many, many more, which I'm not going to fucking talk about because they're horrid. I could be walking, <laughs> and I'm, I'm serious, I, I could be walking in the street and the most horrific things will pop into my head just about people who pass me by. Um, horrible thoughts of, of you know, Ha, Mark, what if you were to do this? Ha, ha, ha. You know what I mean? Just out yeah. of nowhere. And in a lot of people, um, <clears throat> those thoughts, because thoughts on their own aren't an issue, right? Thoughts on their right. own aren't any kind of indicator of um, of any kind of disorder or, 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 you know, behavioral issue. But you can become fixated on the fact that, hang on, if I'm having these thoughts, does that mean that there's something wrong with me? And they can become a self-fulfilling prophecy, mm, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um I read that intrusive thoughts of a, of a, of a sexual nature are quite common, hmm. which can lead to, because you fixate on it and you think, hang on, am I getting, am I, is this causing a response in me? Am I, am I actually physically responding positively to this? And it can cause. What... So as in like being turned on by something terrible? Yes. Yes. Okay, yes. Gotcha. Yeah. And it, it isn't the thought itself, which, which is, which is, you know, leading to what they call groinal response in a, in a very descriptive Ooh, Gross way of putting that. That's the way it's put. That's the way the the medical websites put it. Um, Because you think to yourself, hang on, I've had this horrific thought. Am I getting a response from this? Am I getting a response from this? Worrying about it, which in turn brings on a response, which can lead people to become convinced, to give themselves almost a false positive kind of hit. 
that they believe then, oh shit, I must be a fucking deviant because I'm having all of these crazy thoughts and I'm, I'm, I'm you know, getting aroused from them. I must be fucked up. But it's just the thought. It's just intrusive thoughts. Uh, and recognizing them as such can often be all, all that's required to, to kind of move on from them. Right, you know? to not... It's the worrying about the thought that suddenly gives it this extra power. Yep. Uh, and, and I don't know if that... Does that, when people have that, does that then drive them to act on things? Or is it just more of a neuroses that people develop as yes, a result? Yes, it's that. It's, it's the, the neuroses which, you know, can then lead them to seek help for themselves that, that they, mm-hmm. they may not necessarily need. Intrusive thoughts can absolutely can can become obsessive, you know, can become obsessions because you can become so worried that you're having these intrusive thoughts. Intrusive thoughts in and of themselves aren't an issue. So many people get them. So many people get these crazy fucking ideas popping up of horrific, uh, you know, flavor. Um, Just push them back and just move on with your day, man, because because those thoughts themselves are not an issue. <laughs> oh, it's that easy? Just stop thinking about it. Do you know in in the case of in the case of the odd intrusive thought, it can be that easy. Sure. You know, it's 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 I the mean, dwelling is, on it. Honestly, I mean that is true. Mm. However, it's not that easy, and mm. I will say just for anyone out there, because uh, I have like deep anxiety as I mm. talk about often on mm. here um, one thing that I, I posted about this on my, my Instagram recently and a lot of people were very much like holy shit that's a, a revelation mm. um, what you said about kind of like you know acknowledge it and move on and that's kind of how you, you work through this this might help some people out there my therapist helped me with this often we try to push it away, right? Mm. Push the thought back because we're we're scared of it because mm. of the way that it makes us feel. So if you have like a weird intrusive thought, whether it's like violent or like whatever, or just anxiety, things like that, our, our immediate response is like, Bleh! like get rid of that and try not to deal with it mm. um, and hope that it goes away as a result. And then each time it comes around, it stresses you out more and more because you're like, why can't I get rid of this thought? Mm-hmm. Uh, my therapist said to me, um, have you tried like not, uh, trying to push it out and like sitting with the thought and then like talking yourself through what it makes you feel and why it's like irrational. Mm. And that makes a huge difference. Cause I have certain like anxiety triggers. I'm one of those people who it'll be like some weird thing I said to someone 15 years ago comes back and oh. like. Yeah. Every other day, I think Huge about fan it. Huge yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it and it will cause like a physical response in me. Like I will like I'll like pound my fist against something or something like that because it like the anxiety is mm. so high. Um, and so now when I get a thought like that, I'm like, okay, let's think this thing through. Uh, is this something that I should really be anxious about? Is it like and and just to deal with the feeling to go, it embarrassed me that I did this thing. Yeah, that was that was pretty embarrassing, um, you know. And to talk through it, I think that's a, this is kind of the thing, like of like making it so the intrusive thought is just that is to be like, mm. yeah, why am I thinking that? Why does it stress me out? Am I going to murder my family? No, uh, it was just like a thought that passed through my head. Is it rational to stress the fuck out about it? Mm. Probably not. Uh, why do I feel this way? Can I change something to make me not feel this way? Bam, you have now conquered your intrusive thought. So just, you know, 
I feel like I just want to add that corrective to the just stop thinking about it because you know how I am about therapy and uh, yeah, of course, thinking of course. things through. Um, the, <laughs> if I can help anyone with this beyond the, uh, the other, just don't think about it. The other, the, the other strategy is I, I quite enjoy laughing them off. I quite enjoy finding it funny. Like, oh, fuck me, that was a bad one. <laughs> no, honestly, but that's part of the same thing, right? Is, mm-hmm. to, is to deal with how it makes you feel. And if mm. it turns out that you're like, oh, my God, pff, what a douchebag I was. And that yeah. helps instead of making you go, oh, everyone is thinking about what a douchebag I was. Yeah. You've solved the problem and now you don't have to harp on this until it becomes a thing that you need therapy for. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. It is. It's 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 very interesting, isn't it? How so often our brain is not our friend. No, it's supposed to be. It's doing everything for us. Every process that we mm. do, every thought that we have, is regulated by this thing. And sometimes it just is like a giant asshole. Yep. Um, like you're going about your day, and it'll be like, ah, ha, ha, here are some ways in which you fucked up in your life. Oh, thanks. Mm-hmm. Like, Cheers, why? buddy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I have a hard time believing there are people out there who like don't have this problem. And I know it's like probably most people, mm. but I just cannot imagine going through my life and not thinking every single day about some weird shit that I said to someone when I was in second grade. Yeah, completely. I completely relate. <laughs> completely relate. Uh, but it gets worse than this. These are not, you know, this is like base level compulsion, intrusive thoughts we can all oh, relate to. <laughs> in... <laughs> As is often the way, uh, as is the Joag way, it gets, it gets so it gets much worse. much you know, worse. We started off with fucking pigs and we just kept going down. Um, <laughs> oh, at, at this point, it's probably a good idea to say that if, if you know, if, if you are kind of struggling with intrusive thoughts or any other kind of, you know, disorders or behavioral worries, we'll put numbers, we'll put helplines in the comments and yes, this is, as we absolutely. often do. You are not alone. Do please reach out. Because, I yes. mean... Uh, Another part of, of kind of your, your, whatever processes are going on, your brain can make you do stuff which is damaging to you or, and give you weird, pleasurable responses from doing it, endorphin responses right. from doing it, eating disorders, mm-hmm. for example, you know, mm-hmm, b- mm-hmm. bulimic issues, anorexic issues. Um, uh, you, just in the UK, there are like three and a half million people around or thereabouts with with a, 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 a an anorexic or bulimic type eating disorder and a, a, an ex-partner of mine um was bulimic and uh would you know and we talked about it, we talked about it a lot and she d- would describe a kind of a euphoria that would come mm-hmm. with purging yeah. you know this this feeling totally. that that uh, that that uh, almost a cleansing kind of thing yeah but yeah mm-hmm. Incredible, and that's that's for whatever reason. I mean, the the, the causes are as, are as varied as the people who suffer from it. You know, it can come from uh, childhood trauma, from abuse, from you know, from societal pressures. As with most women, there have been times in my life where I've certainly struggled with disordered eating, and it, mm. control mm. is a huge part of that. Because the thing for me is, I don't yes. like being out of control, mm. and it is extremely pleasurable to control something yes. like your weight and yep. what you're putting into your body. Yep. Uh, and watching a physical transformation mm. is an incredible way to feel control. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, like you I, said, I, as varied as the people who suffer. Utterly relate to that. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's a conversation we've had before, but I, I've been mm-hmm. very fixated in the past 
on on my own weight and my own physicality. And you're right, seeing those incremental kind of changes. It's it's it it is it is it it's 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 some kind of endorphin response, um, and balance even the that. feeling of like being hungry and not mm. eating something. Yeah, like fighting through huge. it, man. You fight through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a hugely satisfying feeling, mm. even as it hurts. So, what is your brain doing mm. in this kind of situation? Mm. So interesting. I mean, and there. there what the fuck? Uh, the 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 condition uh, trichophagia, mm. uh, yes. which is the condition of eating one's own hair. Uh, 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 the, you know, again, the websites refer to it as a bodily focused repetitive behavior, uh, mm-hmm. a, a symptom of possibly an obsessive compulsive or, or an attention deficit disorder. But the act of pulling out, clinically pulling out and consuming one's own hair incredible mm-hmm. you know sufferers talk about you know almost as a tick almost as a kind of a, a a kind of a tension build up and release this act of doing this um you you might be surprised at how young a typical trichophagia sufferer might start it, it typically starts in a sufferer in uh preschool so very young oh wow in, in, yeah 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 three in four, which case i'm sure old. it's sort of like dismissed as like a weird kid behavior right like you mm-hmm. know they're just they pull their hair and they put mm-hmm. it in their mouth or something mm-hmm. like that so it goes unchecked yeah and, and often very difficult to to diagnose often misdiagnosed as just alopecia because mm. oh, you know wow. No kid is, is, well, no kid does, according to, to the difficulty in diagnosing it. No kid goes, I'm actually eating my hair a lot. You know? Right. They yeah. just, it just gets misdiagnosed. Um, yeah, but then absolutely. It skews heavily then towards girls as you go mm-hmm. through, you know, older sufferers. So adolescent, pre-adolescent sufferers are overwhelmingly between 70 and 90% female. Um, and very difficult to diagnose and very difficult to treat. The treatment is fascinating, actually. Um, uh, you read of uh, something called habit reversal therapy. Okay. Mm. Okay. Which is a similar treatment uh, which gets used for, again, tick disorders, sure. uh, 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 Tourette's and so on. Habit reversal therapy, one of the, one of the major um, parts of that treatment is to put the, the person with the condition in front of a mirror and to get them to watch themselves intently mm. as mm-hmm. as the behavior takes hold. Right. Um, and to describe how it feels and to describe the exact stages they're going through mentally and physically as they as they, they engage in this behavior, with the end goal of being that the the patient becomes acutely aware of just what stages they're going through before this behavior manifests itself. They can see physically mm-hmm. what happens before they reach for their hair. They know exactly yeah. what signs to look for and become really, really cognizant of, of you know, stopping it before, before it happens. Because it can kill. It can kill. Just in 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 twenty seventeen in the UK, um, a, a a a girl died of it. Of, uh, but it can cause massive intestinal blockages, hairballs. Right. For fuck's yeah. Sake. Um, yeah. And there was a case in twenty seventeen of a British girl dying from this of a of a, of a pretty bad intestinal. I knew that it could was... cause stuff like that, but I didn't realize it was like to the point of potentially being fatal. Mm. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. Because we don't like if a cat eats hair, it hacks it up or whatever. We don't have any mechanism to get that out of mm. our bodies. Mm. So it's interesting to like uh, the idea of that therapy is really fascinating because everything, of course, seems to sort of come to this process of 
like watching something happen, right? Acknowledging like this awareness and of like much like what I was talking about with my therapist or with this, what did you call it? Reverse? Uh, habit reversal therapy. Habit reversal um, of like having to think through the process and acknowledge what mm. are the feelings, what are mm. the habits, what are the processes that occur before I do this thing that is going to hurt me. And here is here's the crux of what I find so deeply, deeply fascinating and so beguiling and so powerful about your the, your your brain's capacity to alter your perception because you don't you don't get to the point of dying from something like this overnight. This is something yes. that you do over years and years and years, progressively clearly feeling sicker and sicker. And right. yet still that little pleasure response, I gotta do it. I gotta mm-hmm. do it. There's mm-hmm. no reason, and I'm no, I know on some level that it's causing me untold fucking internal damage. Right. Yet, pull, eat, pull, eat. Yeah, that's absolutely fucked. It is. I mean, it's it's shutting down all of those things that keep you from jumping off the cliff, right? It's if that thought came yes. and you did it uh, instead. I mean, this recently, my my uncle was in the hospital um, for several months you know, a few months back and he was like severely malnourished. He lives mm. by himself. He's kind of recluse. We don't, you know, you don't hear a whole lot from him. Um, and he was out here near me. So I was the one going out to, you know, make sure things were in order and whatnot. Um, but the doctor was like, this is not like an overnight thing. Yep. You know, this he's like clearly not been eating or whatever for months um, maybe years, like we don't know how long this happened. And it's like, it couldn't have been comfortable. It had to have been like a horrible road to get here. And yet, and whatever yet. barriers your brain would put up, the things that would protect you from this kind of thing happening. Mm. I mean, it's also this, like, you look at anyone who drinks, smokes, anything like that. We're constantly overriding the, those walls in our brains but it's just to this extreme level with something like this yeah it's it's the immediacy of that endorphin response i guess Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. knowing that long term i can't really see that long term right now because i gotta do it i gotta do it i gotta do it yeah i have to do it now i need that whatever that's going to do for me Mm. that relief that high whatever it is let me sip my wine here do it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, and listen, I know that I'm I'm conflating a lot of various topics and, and conditions here that may not really belong. Oh no, in, in we're not same... staying on top. So I, you know, I apologize if if some of the some of the the through line here, the medical <laughs> through line, is a bit flimsy. You know, as I'm fond of saying, I am not a doctor. <laughs> um, also shocking. But what I am is is deeply fascinated, man. Deeply, deeply fascinated, and. Yeah. I mean, my yeah. little sister also has a lot of, um, it was OCD uh, okay. tendencies. Um, and so, you know, from a very young age, things that she would, she would like wash her hands constantly mm-hmm. to the point of cracked, bleeding hands all the time, but mm. had to do that. She'd, if you gave her like a chocolate chip cookie, she'd pull all the chocolate chips out and arrange them in a row. Mm. And like eat them separately, just like things like that, that, yeah. you know, and, and that some is, are benign, some hurt, like the hands. That's know? what OCD is. You know, that is mm-hmm. that that is what OCD is. And, and it 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 does make me kind of go a little bit when people mm. use it as as shorthand. Yeah. for I'm quite tidy. I'm very neat. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, I just like to I like to keep things clean. I'm so OCD. Honestly, like, fold my towels. I am OCD as shit. <laughs> no mate. OCD. Yeah. No, you're is, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly OCD what that is. OCD is it's, my sister's bleeding hands. Yes, is, it's you know. debilitating. It can cause, you know, breakdown of, of relationships. It can cause mm-hmm. death, like I say, in cases of, of tryptophagia where you're you're picking at, mm-hmm. at skin and eating uh, your own fucking auto-cannibalistic tendencies. That's OCD, right. mate. It isn't, mm-hmm. oh, I like the hospital corners on my bed. I'm OCD as fuck. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. If I were to mention hoarding, does that ring any bells? Do you, do you get, oh. yeah? Because that's yes, we're in in big time OCD territory. There, hoarding is is the, the compulsion or the inability to discard things. The the clinical inability to discard things, taking huge pleasure in accumulating stuff, be it just stuff with no real no material value at all, no sentimental value at all. Old newspapers, fucking rubbish, uh, coupons, foodstuffs, house supplies, mm-hmm. just you know, there was. Um, uh, back in what it would have been very late 90s 99 there was a TV show in the UK called Life of Grime I believe it was Uh, and uh, it it followed the the life of a a hoarder right a guy who became a kind of a um, a, a kind of a British reality TV minor celebrity at the time called Mr. Trebus right and this guy was a this guy was a hoarder of Polish Mm. descent and the the program chronicled his ongoing battles with local like uh, health and safety and police right, and council, yeah. trying to turf him out of his house because this guy was a career hoarder, uh, and lived in just absolute fucking mayhem. No room around his home, nowhere to sleep, nowhere to eat, no surfaces, just everywhere piled to the fucking ceiling with absolute shit. But yet, no. Uh, I cannot get rid of it. Cannot throw it away. Yeah. Um, do you do you not have the show hoarders there? Is that not? It rings a bell. One? Yes, I okay. know of it. Okay, because that's I mean what you're describing. That was an entire show. It might still be beyond here um, about that compulsion, and uh, it's it's a fairly common one. In fact, where my parents um, lived in Northern California in their apartment complex, one episode of Hoarders was shot there. Oh no um, way. Yeah, this guy who lived like just a few condos down from them um, was a hoarder who ended up on the show and was hoarding like his dog died and he was hoarding hair from the dog, like things like that, you know, like just and it really, you know, I I live with people who have hoardy tendencies and I am the very opposite of that as a result (laughs) Um, that like I mean, I mean it like keeping stuff mm. you do not need and mm. like that will never be used and the stress that comes from the idea of getting rid of it yeah. right like they're like just random stuff if like if I ask my mom to like oh I, can I throw this away it's like well no uh maybe I'll sell it or maybe I'll you know things and it's like no you won't mm. this is just a thing that like piles up here but there is a deep deep stress even though it makes life harder, everything, you know, being in the way, being messy, being like stuff falling over it, being a hazard, dangerous, it can't overcome mm. that that compulsion to, to mm. keep things and to, you know, whatever feeling that gets from then buying more stuff, you know, going because mm. that's when you watch these hoarder shows, too. It's like going out or now it's wish.com <laughs> oh. packages and packages from wish yeah. you know, <laughs> coming in. But like. This stuff is just very, you can't get past the, like, whatever that hit 
yeah. is yeah. that and, feels and it is, so it is. Good. It's very much a hit. It's characterized by just intense feelings of well-being at accumulating, mm-hmm. you know, and, and keeping. And, you know, just like all of the other conditions that we've talked about today, the reasons why somebody falls into these patterns of behavior are just multitudinous. Mm-hmm. You know, it could yeah. be for any fucking reason, be it yeah. be it trauma. Um, uh, I, I read in a few different places that a uh, an indicator that that somebody might go into hoarding behavior is if you've had a close friend or a relative who is also a hoarder. You know, so yep. being drawn into the <laughs> orbit of a hoarder yeah. can often uh, you know lead to those tendencies in in a, in a totally different individual. That's fascinating to me. Yeah. Even as you watched how destructive it was, yep. you might still take on that exact same behavior mm. for maybe a different reason, a traumatic response or whatever, but somehow you end up doing exactly the thing that was modeled to you, despite being very aware that it makes life harder. The brain is often not our friend, you know? Yeah. And I, I, can't, I, I, I can't accurately convey just how much that fascinates me. The yeah. most central fucking, the most important organ in our bodies, right? The the rest of us is just a fucking suit, essentially, to keep <laughs> the fucking brain alive. That could be argued, surely. Our senses, our fucking ambulatory system, our heart is just a means of preserving the fucking soft bit in our skull. Right. And yet it can respond to trauma by giving us, you know, pleasure responses to fucking horrifically damaging behaviors. That's incredible. Right. Yeah, it seems it it seems like a, an accident of evolution, you know, mm. and, and that's kind of the interesting thing about this, too, is I often think about the fact that so many of these kinds of responses are you can see the evolutionarily beneficial elements to them, like anxiety mm. is not necessarily a bad thing in and of itself mm. uh, or, or embarrassment. Right. Like a lot of times when you look up like why do people get embarrassed, which then leads to anxiety and things like that. Like, well, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. about that's about being social. Right? Humans are social animals. We have to, you know, relate to one another. And embarrassment and shame yep. are ways in which we understand that we have done something uncouth, right? That we understand mm. how we relate to our pack Um and that, like, that was a thing we shouldn't have done, <laughs> you yeah. know? So the idea of embarrassment, as much as it's, like, painful, is part of a larger social uh, order. However, in our, you know, uh, self-actualized on the Maslow's hierarchy current selves, yeah. Yeah. it ends yeah. up being something that ends up being more detrimental to us than it would be. Uh, if we were just sort of like bopping around hunting and gathering or whatever. Now it's <laughs> these kinds of things that were meant to protect us end up being things that harm us as a result, which I also think is fascinating. <laughs> the the I, I was talking to you one time about having generalized anxiety disorder mm-hmm. and saying that um, if I don't have anything that I am actively anxious about, my body <laughs> yeah. gets anxious because yeah. it's searching and it can't find anything I can fix, right? I can't mm. be like, oh, well, if I accomplish this thing, it's going to fix my anxiety. Now I have nothing there. It's just anxiety. Uh, and you put it, you were like, oh, cool. So your defenses are actually, you know, like fighting themselves right now. Like, yeah, yep. Yep. it's exactly yep. Yep. What, what's happening. Um, that's a fascinating thing. I'd love, I'd love to know what Darwin or or some other evolutionary right. boffin might have to say about about this, you know? Right. Because 
All right, as Alan Partridge as it might sound, I don't think <laughs> that you don't find fucking, you know, tigers hoarding shit, do you, for no reason? Right. Yeah. Uh, why? 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 Why is that evolved? Why? 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 And I mean, I'd, I'd like to kind of see us out on on a pretty gnarly example of this. Um, yeah. Uh, which which uh, this is a, a a a very very good friend of mine. Uh, who, by the way, is totally cool with me sharing this example. I spoke to them earlier on today just to kind of get their sign off, um, which speaks to all of the behaviours that we've mentioned today, compulsion, even in the face of bodily damage over years and years and years. So a good friend of mine had a uh, their dad, right, their father, um, who was born with a kind of a, I guess you'd call it a skin tag on the back of their head, right? Yeah. Kind of like a, a moly kind of thing. Um, all all good. And, and this this guy went into the building trade, right? He was a builder and a carpenter. And uh, suffered a, a blow to the back of his head, suffered an injury to the back of his head, and, and wounded this kind of area on the back of his head that had this skin lesion. And developed uh, a compulsive habit... And buckle up, because this is gnarly, man. This is Cronenberg as fuck. Mm-hmm. Of kind of scratching this lesion at the back of his head, pulling uh, at this lesion at the back of his head. Um, and this guy grew up uh, or, or was, for some reason, averse to seeking medical attention, right? Mm-hmm, Where mm-hmm. Some kind of masculinity complex. Wouldn't go and get anything fucking seen to. Bandage course, it up. Right. And also we are talking... Common. Yeah, of course, of course. And... I'm when I say over a period of twenty years or more, uh, pulled, picked, worried at, itched, rubbed at this lesion on the back of his head, um, to the point where it became ulcerated, uh, to the point where, and I shit you not, went down to bone, went down to skull. Uh, would have to be permanently kept bandaged, wouldn't seek medical help, uh, was going through packets of painkillers every day. Um, the His partner, his wife, uh, towards the end, later on in this condition, went to, to seek medical help herself and disclosed this because she was concerned that if he were to die of this, it would look as though she'd hit him with a hammer. Yeah, yeah right, totally. She was terrified of, of blame falling on her because it, it looked, it was an open wound. This guy was walking around with an open wound at the back of his head and yet still under the bandages, pulling, picking. Uh, and and it ended up, as I said, going uh, ulcerous, uh, becoming cancerous, and it ended up killing him. Mm. Golly. That's, I mean, this, for me on many levels, Wild. is horrific because this is, most of my... Uh, things where my brain attacks me are fixating on things like this that um, disturb me. Mm. Uh, And so picking at things is amongst the things that I um, absolutely cannot deal with. I had a a friend who had a similar kind of, like when we were growing up, she had scabs and scars all over her arms and stuff because she would compulsively pick. So she also had, she always had open sores Uh everywhere. Uh, And it was always kind of like difficult for me to look at her wonderful girl and she has recovered and I'm very happy about that now. But, Mm. um, picking at things is a thing that, um, 
I tend to fixate on as like I, I can't mm. handle it. So, you know, it, it causes a, a response in me that is like a repulsion, but also an empathy towards something like that where you literally like pick yourself to death. Quite, you know, quite literally. And, and that intersection of having something like this, a, a disorder, a whatever this is that causes this compulsion mm. with that other element of whatever it is that causes someone not to seek yes. medical yeah. attention. And in the same way, know? as we spoke about with, with hoarders, ruinous effect mm -hmm, on your mm -hmm. personal life and on your relationships. Mm -hmm. um, the, you know, the, the, the person concerned here, you know, childhood memories of, of changing his dressings and fucking trying right. to tend to the guy, seeking, urging him to seek medical help. Yeah. And yet staunchly and refusing. But deeply yet traumatic for everyone. Hugely, hugely, hugely. And yet. And he can't, can't stop it. Because, you know, so I was reading this book um, called Quit Like a Woman, which is mm. about alcohol and stopping okay. drinking alcohol. Um, and, and this woman's sort of thesis behind it is like the idea of alcoholism is like that's made up by alcohol companies to not I take any responsibility. I completely agree. <laughs> like, you know, like it's not a real thing. I Your body is doing what it's supposed to do. Yes. Uh, when you drink alcohol, it, you're feeling better. It's doing all of this stuff that feels good to you. So mm -hmm. your body reacting by liking it and then keeping on doing it is 100% yeah. what it's supposed to do. Mm. So to look at it and pathologize it like that and be like, yeah, you're an alcoholic if you can't stop drinking is to ignore that your body is supposed to do that. And mm. it's actually unusual for people to not Yes. do that to yes. to you know not do what their body is telling them which is keep seeking out this thing that is causing me to feel better now some people um and a lot of us once we get a little older and whatnot and start really feeling the effects of it um mm. but can go okay my throwing up afterwards is not worth it or you know my having to apologize to people or like check my text and anxiety the next day is yeah. not worth it and they can make that balance yeah. but the idea of you craving this thing consistently yeah. is exactly what your body is supposed to do in response to that kind of stimulus. Sure. And so the idea of these compulsions makes perfect sense in the sense that um, for whatever reason, your body is registering the positive feeling you're getting from this. Um, you know, I used to have like cysts on my head and I would like constantly like rub at them. Um, and it was like, it, you know, kind of caused like a weird spot on my head and it kind of hurt a little bit after a while from like rubbing at them, but I would, I would keep on doing it, mm. um, until finally I had them surgically removed. <laughs> um, and still sometimes I reach my hand up there and I'm like, where's my bumps? <laughs> but, you know, and it's like, you know, these kinds of things, like it gives you some sort of weird pleasure mm. response and bite my nails. Like yeah, anything yeah, yeah. on these really, we all have on a small scale stuff that we do um that we acknowledge we don't like the results of and yet but it causes a pleasurable response it's We're just veering this, veering a little yeah. bit away from the topic but i've got yeah. quite a hard line approach to the idea of addiction mm -hmm. anyway i think yeah i think it's in a lot of cases again this is just my opinion and it might not be true but I often think that addiction is 
uh, a crutch that people use in order to allow themselves to carry on doing something that they love doing more than anything else. You know what I mean? You know, There's, go on. I don't know that I necessarily agree that all the way across the board. Oh, certainly not. Opiates, for example, you've got a medical well, sure. fucking, you know what I mean? There's a medical something there that, 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 that becomes dependent on an opiate. And like I'm saying, like, it is your body responding the way it's supposed to, right? Mm. So that's not necessarily you choosing mm. that I just love this thing and don't want to stop doing it. Your body is having a response uh, to it that tells you to keep going. Mm. Um, but I do think that perhaps there's an over-pathologization to yes. yeah, all of this where we aren't acknowledging that and, you know, making that into... I mean, my dad would, like, I would get on his case about smoking um, and be like, you know, that's going to kill you, yada, yada, yada. And his response is always like, but I like doing it. Yep. <laughs> it's like, <Yes>. okay. <laughs> like, yes. that, was, that was it for him. Like, that outweighed that he knew it was going to kill him. And he did not try to pathologize that as anything more. He did not try to, you know, say, like, oh, I'm going to quit or anything like that. He was just like, I value the enjoyment I get out of smoking mm. cigarettes more than I value the length of my life. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Right. <laughs> and, you know, but I don't think that that's how, I don't think most people process it that way. I think that's an unusual thing for most people to process. I don't think most people because, are Because, as you, you said, know, it's, it's, it's over-pathologized. It's over-medicalized. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this concept of addiction. And I think that maybe if, if more people were able to process it, perhaps in the, in the way that your dad did right. that, and, and that we it, it, we have this weird hard line about all of this, of it being like either you're addicted hmm. um, or here's, here's the rub. You are addicted, you have an addiction, but also willpower is the only way that you can fix it. So hmm. it's simultaneously a disease that you can't fix, but also the only way Entirely you can fix it yeah, is yeah, yeah. you, right? And it's a, this matter of trying to, you know, balance these kinds of things that I think actually might help people to not kill themselves with these kinds of things. But, you know, all of this to say, like, we can, I think this makes it so that when we see something like this, when we see someone who has a hole in their head from picking so much or things like that, um, to take it from a like distanced repulsion mm. to an empathetic response and like trying to understand it is that we all do shit like this. Yes. You know? <laughs> Every single one of us has some form of like habit or compulsion or thing that we do that we take that hit of, you know, whatever pleasurable hormones, it just hopefully isn't a thing that ends up killing us. Or robbing us of our relationships and our livelihoods right. and our homes, you know. Exactly. Um, and that's, you know, we're kind of, it feels like luck of the draw to me if our thing isn't something that does that, you know. Yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's in so many cases something you are not in control of. You're not in mm-hmm. control of, of external factors. You know, you're not in control of stuff that's done to you. And right. you can develop, mm-hmm. as we've said, these kind of syndromes as a response to that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but hey, listen, not a cheery topic, not a cheery episode, but <laughs> fucking hell are they ever. Um, mm, no. But again, again, if you're struggling, folks, and, and a lot of people are, there is mm-hmm. help. Don't struggle alone. Yeah. And, you know, don't think you're a weirdo. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, really. I feel like so much of it is really just, 
there's so there is help out there, but it's hard to reach out when there's so much stigma about it. When we talk about these things from a place of judgment, you know, and just like you, which I hope this isn't how that this has come across at all. No, fuck no. Um, that it makes it so that people feel like they can't they can't get help or they can't talk about this kind mm. of stuff with people. Um, partly why I just felt like it was necessary to put all of my shit into this episode because I'm like, I have all of this going on too. So I don't know. I think that that's such a huge thing is to acknowledge these are weird things our brains do and you're mm. not the only person who deals with this. Um, so, hey, silence, we're with you. Silence kills. Silence kills. Exactly. Exactly. Have you seen any good movies this week? Um... <laughs> No, I was they, actually no. I did watch Synchronic. Uh, oh, you did. And I think, you... yeah, I I actually was wavering between a three and a half and four stars on that. Okay. Where you gave it a three, you gave it a solid yep. three. Um, I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, and my my arbitrary decision as I was rating it on Letterboxd of which I was going to give it between three and a half and four was that in one scene, um, Jamie Dornan pronounced his own daughter's name wrong. And so I decided that was going to be the three and a half. Her name's Brianna, and he calls her Brianna in a pre in a particularly tense scene. I was like, all right, that's going to be my that's going to be my star. line. Half right a star. Tax my, for that, Jamie. A tax for that. But no, I really I enjoyed that. I also watched New Mutants. Uh, finally. Oh, you did. I did. Lots of it, people compare it to Elm Street Three. Is it is it in the same ballpark? I think it wants to be Elm Street Three. Right. <laughs> I don't think it's as a effective as Elm mm. Street 3. I mean, you've got, I mean, it's a bunch of kids sort of coming together in this uh, institution to fight against this shared enemy um, that is otherworldly, much like Elm Street 3, but it is not. I don't think it does that nearly as effectively as, as that does. To me, you know... <laughs> This is going to sound so ridiculous. I'm critiquing two accent-based things in movies at once. But I am extremely... <laughs> I get very hung up on accents in things. Um, and I think part of the problem with New Mutants is that nobody gets to do their own accents. And they all are doing these caricatures in it. Uh, why? And why? It hampers the acting. I so, like, that. like, there's one scene that has... Um, Anya Taylor Joy and um, Charlie Heaton is that the kid from yeah um, Stranger Things yeah uh, and as often happens they're yelling which means their accents drop and they go back to sounding like themselves <laughs> um, and it's like it's one of the scenes that kind of works because they're not trying to put on Maintain. these fake mm. Russian and like Kentucky accents during this this movie. <laughs> Um, and so they can just act. Uh, and I feel like that was that super hampered this movie. So I think it had potential. There's genuinely some very creepy like monsters mm. in this that okay. like they're they're very well done, kind of in the vein of like the the like globby lady from um, what's that? Uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, um, So nice, there's some, nice, like, nice. really yeah, yeah. good kind effective. of moments like that. Yeah, really effective. But overall, tonally and the acting and everything just felt it was tough. Okay. But uh, you watched um, Boss I watched Level. Boss, boss Level, right? So it's not really in the Joag kind of wheelhouse, I guess. Yeah. It's not horror. I mean, there was some... Uh, do you know what? It's I'm going to... Fucking hell. Loop core, right? There is... <laughs> 
it's a fucking genre. Uh, let's it count is, it. Yeah. Uh, call, let's call it some loop core. So well, the funny thing is, if you look at the trailers on YouTube, everyone kept saying, "Oh, Edge of Tomorrow already did this," as if this isn't a thing oh, that off. is a genre. Educate like, yourself, son. Edge yeah, of Tomorrow. Happy Death Day. Groundhog. Primer. Day, Edge of Tomorrow. Primer. Looper. Looper. Twelve Monkeys. Did, Twelve did, Monkeys. No, that's not really well, a loop core. Well, it's not really a loop. Jump it's core. more of a yeah, uh, just time, time travel. But so yes, like it's a thing. <laughs> Source code. Which I never saw, but that looks like a fun movie. Excellent! It's the closest yeah. I think we've we've got to a quantum leap film. It's very mm-hmm. good. Groundhog Day for fuck's sake, Loop Core. So, much. <laughs> uh, so yeah. yes, boss level is another fine chunk of Loop Core where our hero lives the same day, fucking lots of times. But it's full of very very cool kills. It's uh, very pacey. It's very funny. Is um, there like a lot of Mel Gibson in it? Yeah, he's, 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 yeah. I mean, I didn't pay for it. I'm not paying for a fucking yeah. single film. Steal either. this movie. That's yeah, yeah, nick it. what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I was I, hoping, because in the trailer, he seems like more of like a like side thing to it. And I love, um, what's the lead's name? I can't remember. You know. Yeah, why is my brain failing me? Because I love I think it's got a V in it. I think it's got a V, v in it. Villo, 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 Villes. Motherfucker. You know, I don't know. You, you know You'd know him if you but, saw him. Mel Gibson is actually really good in it. Yeah. Um, I mean, the issue isn't Mel Gibson being a bad actor, is it? <laughs> no, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, One of enough. the world's being... worst people. Is all. <laughs> a horrific like, prick. He's good at his job, yeah. <laughs> but, but um, he's just horrible. Boss level, directed by Joe Carnahan, right? And I've got big issues with Joe Carnahan. He did put them right during boss level, but my big issue <laughs> with Joe Carnahan is he directed The Grey, right? Fuck The Grey. Fuck the great. Never has a film been so badly missold to me. Because the trailer for the grey made it seem like it was Liam Neeson is fucking wolf puncher. And like, people wolves. talked about it like that afterwards yeah. too. Yeah. I was like, we did not watch the same movie. Certainly not. not you then you, you watch the film and he does no wolves punched. Whereas no, the trailer was sold it on the fact that He's taping and, a bottle to his fist. He's going to punch the fucker, old wolf. And he does not. And James Badgedale dies immediately, which is unforgivable. I get the impression that you like him. If <laughs> if you had to... Uh, so you have to kill either James Badgedale or Billy Zane. Who are you going to kill? Billy Zane. <gasps> <laughs> I'm sorry. I love Billy Zane with all my heart, but James Badgedale is it. Top level... Everything. <laughs> Nobody compares. It's Top Badgedale. level everything. All right. Everything. James Badgedale. Forever. I'd be and lying if Frank I said. Grillo. Frank, Frank Grillo. Frank Grillo. The there you go. There we go. I couldn't pick James Badgedale out of a lineup. I have no fucking clue who he is. Uh, you've just only been talking to me for a short period of time. Trust me. <laughs> you will. You I'm will. sure. Yeah. Is, is, is he that guy? Is he is he that guy? Kind of, but not really. He's a lead in a lot. He just does a lot of indies. Um, okay. But he is like he is the like villain for a good chunk of Iron Man three, for example. Is he? <laughs> he is Eric Savin in Iron Man three. He's the bald guy who the whole time is like he's fighting until you finally get to your actual big bad. Yeah. Well, fuck. <laughs> he's in World War Z. He's in. No, I don't remember him from Iron Man three at all. At all. Yeah. And you'll watch it and you're going to be like, yeah, okay. Now I, because he is the central villain for most of the movie <laughs> until you finally get to Killian. 
uh, being the like baddie at the end of it uh, after James Badgedale gets blown up on the Air Force One. Uh, but yeah, he's he's in so many things you've watched, uh, and you just don't realize it. You like if you look, look at his he's IMDb, gonna, he's gonna look at this guy. <laughs> I tell you, this is, and, and now you like once you, well, once I've uh, annoyed you with him enough, you'll okay. now notice him in everything. everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. okay, okay. I totally, I totally know who he is. All right. Yeah, he's my, my obsession. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, but I do also want to point out as a thing, not that I'm watching, but playing. Uh, I started playing the game Spiritfarer yesterday. Um, and I don't think I've sat down and played a game for this long straight. Oh, yeah? Like, I mean, since Animal Crossing, when it was like, this is all my brain could handle in lockdown. But, like, mm. outside of that, um, I played for, like, six and a half or seven hours yesterday. Just sat down, played this game. And it's, like, basically a game about death. Um, but, like, about, like, death and grieving. Okay. In which you Ooh. play the spirit fair. It's like a river sticks situation um, where you have taken over the job of the last spirit fair and you are going to take these various spirits to some form of afterlife. Hmm. Um, and so they have like unfinished business, these little errands and things that hmm. you're going to do with them along the way. And it feels kind of like it's like Fallout Shelter meets Animal Crossing meets my favorite game, Yoku's Island Express. It's like just all of these different elements of these various games mixed into like great funny dialogue. Um, and I highly recommend it. I posted about it on my Instagram and I just got like a wall of comments from people who have played it being like it is the greatest game ever. So nice. if you're looking okay. for... You know, something like that, folks. Aside from watching stuff, I really recommend Spirit Fair. It's on the Switch, but I think it's on like everything else as well. Nice. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, the 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 new Resident Evil got its demo this week, and that's coming oh, out way yeah. sooner than I expected. Um, I was expecting to wait until mid or end of the year for that, but that's coming out in May, so I'm super excited. And yeah. just playing through the demo on on headphones scary as shit <laughs> yeah your reactions to it so so you streamed it uh yeah. which uh i'm trying to convince mark to post in the group and twitter and whatnot when he does this because it's it's very fun but your reactions to things were great <laughs> just walking into places going i do not like this i do not like this. <laughs> i didn't yeah. no i mean um i delighted that they've stuck with the the, the first person format from the last resident mm -hmm. evil because it was such a great game a real highlight of the last gen of consoles i loved resident evil 6 it was terrific and this looks like it's gonna be more of the same yeah i was talking to my friend colin in the chat while you were playing okay. um and you know we were talking about the first person thing being extremely effective and i was just mm. thinking back to like my early days of like playing wolfenstein when mm. i was in elementary school <laughs> and that like just the terror of it feeling like it's actually you and like yeah, you were going to get ganked oh my god i had to put on like every code in that game in order to like get through it and not piss myself so <laughs> yeah but now i just enjoy watching i i like watching you play do the same thing my husband playing bioshock things like that i just watch mm. the horror game i do not get in there because my stress level is too well, high for that i think I'll, I'll when the new resident evil does come out i'll have to stream it so i don't mm. feel as yes. though i'm playing it on my own 
<laughs> yeah, you need the company. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so watch out for that. We'll be we'll be posting more stuff. Like we said, we're going to be more up in your business this year. We're really working on making it so you can't avoid us. So, <laughs> yeah, in in and in doing so, make sure you follow us on everything on Twitter at Jack of All Graves, Instagram Jack of All Graves Pod, follow our blog jackofallgraves.com. You can hit the little follow button on there, save us to whatever RSS feeds you have. And hey, you know, tell a friend Tell someone else so you have someone to talk about it with on your next Zoom game night while you're playing Jackbox. Uh, you can talk about Jack of All Graves as well. Um, and make sure to rate and review us. Give us some more stars. Uh, more stars we get, uh, the more, more people have mm -hmm. access to us. So, you know, anything you can do to spread the word and build the community, we are forever grateful for. And we just absolutely love hanging out with all of you <laughs> really really love it you've even got me on facebook which i notoriously <laughs> hate it is strange seeing you on there actually um <laughs> I, I i enjoy thinking of you wincing every time you hit post <laughs> fucking... it's like uh <laughs> zuckerberg Sorry. Yeah. The button. there's nothing like on my actual profile page like my wall has <laughs> like no post but i'm there i'm in the group i'm talking so Listen, thanks very much to you for listening, everyone. It's been, uh, yes, it's been another intense episode. Uh, expect more of the same next week. We love each and every single one of you. Yeah, take care of yourselves, friends. Stay Goodbye. spooky. <laughs> <laughs>